Let's not bore you too long. No, 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 no. <laughs> Familiar passage of scripture, Psalm 23. I'm sorry, I changed the department. Psalm 23. Psalm 23, and I'll be reading from the English Standard Version, but if yours says Bible, that's good enough for me. Psalm 23, standing on the reading of the Word of God. Yes, sir. Beginning at verse 4, here David writes, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Look at somebody to the left or the right and say, neighbor, there's a blessing in a bad situation. That's what I want to talk about, the blessing. Oh. Allow me uh, a moment of transparency to tell you today that I am a man of many problems. That is true, Reverend. Yes, sir. However, that's true. Upon critical reflection, I admit to you that although I'm a man of many problems, I have problems with my problems. All right. Let me see you, John. However, upon further critical reflection, I notice that my problem with my problem is not really my problem. Okay. However, my problem with my problem is really my perception of my problem. All right, let me see you. Late one night, I found myself watching National Geographic channel as they were chronicling this mother as she had just laid her babies in the sand on the beach. She returns right at the time in which her babies were hatching and at that particular time, brothers and sisters, the babies are now jumping out of their eggs. This mother crocodile then uh, scoops babies into her mouth and I begin to think to myself this is a horrific scene that we are watching this mother uh, kill and devour the very thing that she birthed into the world because the commentator comments he said that crocodiles have the most powerful jaws in the world and then something strange happens that then she turns around and walks from the sand on the beach to the edge of the riverbank to allow the babies to jump out of her mouth into the water. It was then that the commentator comments he says the reality is is that crocodiles don't belong on the land but rather they really belong in the water. Say there I'll come get you. The reality is how do you view the jaws of life in your own life? Do you view them as a means of devouring you? Or could they really be a means to your destination? Can I tell y'all something here on today? Many of you would be in here on good Sunday morning had it not been for the jaws of life. Many of you all would be giving God praise here on this great Sunday morning had it not been for the jaws of life. God sometimes says, I don't 
sent storms in your life because I'm upset with you. God says I send storms sometimes because I know ultimately to get you to where you really need to be. I gotta let you have some heartache and I, I gotta let you have some pain. I, I gotta let you walk the floor at night. I gotta let you have a couple of sleepless nights because perhaps that's why Paul said and we know that all things work together for the
See, brothers and sisters, faith is not a denial of the realities of life. Faith is an acceptance of the realities, but then an acknowledgement as to who God really is. That, yeah, I may be a diabetic, but he's a healer. I, I may be weak, but he is strong. I, I may be confused, but he's the way, the truth, and the life. And somebody, I don't know who I may be talking to, but you need to stop living in the spiritual fantasy world. That if things are going bad right now, that's all right. If you're in the valley right now, that's all right because the death is trying to show us that even when you're in the bad situation, there's still a blessing somewhere in the valley. Yeah. Uh, so why? Uh, so why is David not fearful? Let me, let, let me show you. David says, I'm not fearful because of my perception of the battle. Uh, I, I, I remember, like this. All right. Fourth grade, Miss Sullivan's class. I, she raised the question, class, in what direction does water flow? So I, I shouted out, raised my hand. Well, Miss Sullivan, water flows from areas of high elevation to areas of low elevation. I mean, areas of low elevation to areas of high elevation. She said, no, Robert, actually, you're wrong. That water flows from areas of high elevation. Uh, to areas of low elevation. And every good ancient Near Eastern chef understood this concept that water is scarce on the mountain top. And so sometimes in order to get the sheep to drink, he couldn't take them to the mountain. No. He had to take them to the mountain. I'm talking to people today that want to live life on the mountain. But God is trying to tell you, if I don't take you to the mountain first, you'll never be able to last on the mountain. Brothers and sisters, there are times in our lives where God leads us through things to get what we need in order to make it to where he's trying to take us. That's why he says, I'll make you through the valley because in the valley is where water is. In the valley is where your lesson is. In the valley is where nutrients is. And if you really ever want to last, on the mountaintop, you gotta first be able to make it through the valley. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you're going through the valley right now, just keep on going. A mountain is somewhere ahead, but you need whatever is in the valley wherever you are. Yeah. His perception of the, of the valley. He knows that there are necessities in the valley. But not only that, no, also. His presence in the valley. Yeah. Yeah, you go. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Notice it's just a shadow. Yeah. That means the sun is shining somewhere. Yeah. Uh, there are no shadows if there is no sun. <laughs> uh, shadow of death. I will not fear for you. Are with you. Yeah. I, I don't know. I really don't know. But one thing that uh, I, I mean, I'm a pastor. Some aggravates me about church people. Y'all shout at the wrong time. Oh, my uh, Lord. If I had told y'all how God was gonna bless you with a car, uh, all your bills are gonna be paid and blah blah blah. Y'all would have been running around the church. But you know what the pastor said? It says for you. Ah. All right, all right, with me. Allow me to make a grammatical notation in. You remember in uh, Psalm 23, verse 1, he says, The Lord is my shepherd. 
It's a capital L O R D. Other other times you see capital L lowercase O R D. This isn't haphazard or done about the sake. This is actually intentional and on purpose. Yeah. That capital L, capital L O R D is a reference to the person of God, that being Yahweh. Yeah. Capital L, lowercase O R D. That's a reference to his position, that being adult now. Yeah. You know what Yahweh means. It means I am that I am. Oh. And, and you remember the last time we saw that, the very first time it shows up, it's in Exodus chapter 3 when Moses is on the back side yeah, of the boy. mountain. You see the bush that's being burned, but it's not being consumed. And ultimately the bush tells, tells Moses, come Moses. He said, but listen, you're carrying too much luggage. The shoes you can't take off your shoes for the place you're standing is holy ground. And you remember what happened in the conversation, brothers and sisters, that he said, listen, Moses, I've heard the cry of my people and I've seen their affliction go down and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And you remember that Moses says, well listen, I don't know if you know it God, but listen, they need a name by whom I can go by to tell them that I'm bringing them up out of Egypt. He says, alright, I'll give your name. He says, tell them I am as sick unto you. But then he says, listen God, I know you really don't know it, but this is Egyptian civilization that we need first name and last name. God said, that's fine Moses. Tell them I am that I am that sent me unto you. And you remember what happens when he goes with that name, brothers and sisters. He goes down to Egypt and delivers them out of the out of, out of, out of slavery. But listen, this is all that David is trying to get us to understand that he's saying that the same God that was with Moses on the backside of the mountain and the same God that was with Moses when he went down to Egypt and the same God that was with Moses in the green pastures when things were going well is the same God that will be with them in the midst of the valley. Can I bring it to you? The reality is the same God that was with your bitch mama when she didn't have anything to eat and the same God that was with your mother when she was struggling to make ends meet to raise you up is the same God that will be with you even when things go bad. Listen, I know some of y'all went crazy when Trump got elected, but listen, I wasn't worried at all because this is the first time that we needed God somewhere in our country. Listen, we had other bad times. We had Great Depression. We had assassination. We had all of these things. And I'm trying to tell you, if he did it before, he's able to do it right now. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm not worried because he's still with me For you, for you are written. Preach down, Pastor Nat. You are written. Yes, sir. That I'm probably uh, not saved to some of your members. That's true too, Reverend. <laughs> I, I, I don't have any problem. I, I tell you, I don't have a problem uh, listening to uh, secular music. Uh, matter of fact, I'm really an old man. That uh, like I was driving down uh, here from Waco, Texas. Now, I don't know if y'all know him. There's a guy by the name of uh, Johnny Taylor. Uh, you know, guys like that. Johnny got a song called These Last Two Dollars. Johnny, Johnny says that, he's, that she's not going to lose. Uh, but, but after I got finished listening to Johnny, uh, there's another guy named Ben King. 
uh, and, and while I was riding, the lyric hit me. They said, when the night is come, and the land is dark, and the moon is the only light we'll see. No, I won't be afraid. No, I won't shed a tear just as long as you stand by me. Second verse says, if the sky that we look upon should tumble and fall, and the mountains should crumble into the sea. No, I won't be afraid. No, I won't shed a tear just as long as you stand by me. Can I show y'all something way before being ever sung it? That's all that David was trying to tell you. That even in the midst of the valley, if I can just look up and see that my Jesus is with me there, I'm trying to let you know that I know everything will be alright. That when the mountains are falling, if I can look up and see that you're standing by me, everything's going to be alright. If I can just look up and see that he's with me and feel his presence while I'm going through the hard times, I know everything is going to be Alright, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the only reason I'm still here is the only because I know that I can still seek the Lord with me in the midst of my battle. Yeah. God. God, man. And so, for you, are with me. But I must rest first. Talk, sir. He says, you're right. And your staff, they comfort me, not only because of his presence in the valley, but no, also his property in the valley. Your rod, that's what a young shepherd would practice wielding and throwing from the time of his youth, that when the time came for him to get his own flock, he would know how to defend his flock. But what I really like is that, 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 that instrument, he says, a staff, it's comforting him that that shepherd had a staff. Yeah. You know, we like this song, don't we? Because we say the Lord is my shepherd. Right. I, I, I shall not want. And we like all the blessings that come with the Lord being our shepherd. But if the Lord is your shepherd, yeah. that means you are his sheep. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You do know how sheep are characterized. Yeah. Sheep are dumb, yeah. uh, stupid. Stubborn animals. That, 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 that sheep have a way that they're so dumb that they can walk off of cliffs. Uh, they, they will literally walk off of cliffs. And when the shepherd senses that the sheep are on the wrong trail, he'll use his staff to guide them back onto the right trail. But wait, not only is it used for guidance, it's also used for intimate relationship. Uh, intimate relationship that he was so well uh, accustomed with the sheep that he would know when the sheep were growing weary. And, and, and so when he knew they were growing weary, he would use his staff to bring the sheep closer to him so that the sheep could feel him as they're walking through the valley. Uh, sheep depend upon an external staff. Yeah. But just a couple of weeks ago, we celebrated this thing called Pentecost. That they are waiting on the promise that Jesus told them before he ascended up into heaven. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, sound like a mighty rushing wind comes, the tongues of fire come, and then Peter preaches a sermon, and over 3,000 people come to know the Lord on that particular day. I talked to Pete, Pete, what happened that you were able to preach so powerfully, and so many people came to know the Lord. Pete said, I went to a meeting 
one night and my heart wasn't right. I said, but Pete, what was it? He said, it was the Holy Ghost that was moving on the inside of me. That listen, brothers and sisters, sheep have to depend on the outside, but you and I as believers have to depend upon the inside. That when things are chaotic on the outside, we got something within that holds the rain, something within that banishes the pain. All I know is that there's something within. And if you be honest here on today, there's been plenty that goes on in your life that should have made you wave the white flag a long time ago. You should have quit a long time ago. You would have been in a crazy house a long time ago. But when you wanted to give up, there was something on the inside of you that told you to keep on pressing. There was something on the inside of you that told you to keep on pushing. Is there anybody in here that can give God praise because you know that there have been times in your life when everything around you was going haywire, but everything on the inside that told you to keep on going. And I don't know who I might be talking to, but God's word for you is, is don't depend on the outside, but depend on what I gave you on the inside. The passage shifts. Because he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my hand. Here it is. I come into a room. Sit down at the table. And uh, while I'm at the table, I have an unwanted guest. She says, it's my enemy. And I really wish he or she wasn't there. But ain't nothing I can do about it. All right. They're just there. And they're not going anywhere. But then the servant comes out from the back. And I know him quite well. Remember, I told you he was with me in Green Pastures. Yeah, yeah. Now he's with me in the valley. Now he's here at the table. All right. He gets to set the table. And while he sets the table, brings the tablecloth out there. Yeah. Brings out appetizers and beverages and, and entrees. But I notice he never brings anything to my enemy side of the table. Oh, that my enemy is forced to watch me eat at the table. Uh, can I tell y'all something? The worst uh, comeback for your enemy is for God to prosper you right in their very presence. And you know, you, you, you know enemies can do one of two things, can't they? They can lift us up or they can bring us down. They, they can bring us down. I was going to Walgreens and, and uh, listen, I, I don't like to linger in stores. I like to go whatever, go in and get whatever I'm going to get, come right back out. I'm on your side. I, I don't like doing a whole lot of lingering. But that was this uh, older, older white lady that called me when I was walking out the door. She said, sir, will you help me carry my bags to the car? I, I figured I'd be nice that day. And, uh, picked up the bags and we're walking to the car. We get to the parking lot to the car while cars park. She says, sir, will you open the door for me as well? Uh, what you all don't know is she had a dog in her hand. And I thought to myself, I said, man, if you'll let the dog go, you'll be able to open your own door. Could that be God's word for somebody here today? The reason why you still park on the parking lot it's because you haven't learned how to let the dog go. And God is really wanting you to be up the street, but you haven't learned 
how to let the dog go. You you still parked on the parking lot, but it's simple. You ever learned how to let the dog go? There's certain things that when we're attached to them, they have a way of hindering our mobility. And I don't know who I may be talking to, but some sister that may be here on today. Listen, if he doesn't do everything he's supposed to do, you got to learn how to let the dog go. You you got to learn how to let the dog go, brother. If she just looks good, but can, it's really up to no good, you got to learn how to let the dog go. Listen, somebody, I don't know, but you can get your phone out right now and say, baby, listen, I don't know what you're going through, but this little preacher from Memphis, Tennessee came today and gave me a word that was really impactful in my life, and I'm not talking to you no more after today because I'm learning how to let the dog go. Look at your neighbor and to the left or to the right and say, neighbor, I'm learning how to let the dog go. Some things I don't need in my life. God's trying to get me somewhere, but he'll never be able to get me there if I'm still holding on to you. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you don't hold me back, I need you to move away from this road. Neighbor, if you're not going to worship God with me, I need you to move to another road. Say, neighbor, learn how to let it go. Let it go. But, but, not only bringing us down, but lifting us up. That was an old video game called Halo. And I remember when Halo first came out, the very first game, it was on Xbox, I begged, I begged my mother to get me this game. And my mom got it for me. And I remember playing it and noticing something. That whenever I was headed in the wrong direction, my enemies never showed up. All right. Uh, however, whenever I was headed in the right direction, that's when my enemies showed up. Uh, could it be, brothers and sisters, that our enemies are really confirmation? That you and I are on the right track. You praying for God to take away your enemies. Yeah. But God is telling you the reason that that is because I'm confirming whatever you're doing in your life. If you didn't have something going on, they wouldn't be there in the first place. And could it be that enemies are indicators that you and I are evidently on some type of elevator? If I didn't have something that you like, you really wouldn't care. But because I've got God's hand upon my life, because God is blessing me in my life, that's the reason why you don't like it. There are people that don't like you and they don't even know your name. There are people that can't stand you and they know nothing about you. There are people that don't really like you coming to church on Sunday morning. But if they knew all the hell that you've been through just to make it to Sunday service on that week, they'd be praising God for you. But listen, that don't matter, brother. Because I'm trying to let you know that God tells us that our enemies can be our footstools. That ultimately, there's something that you'll never be able to reach had it not been for a footstool. And God has said, that's what I use your enemies for. I'll put them there in your life so that you'll be able to step up and get whatever I'm trying to get you to get. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you don't want your enemies sitting in my way, I got the most stuff I need to reach. I don't know who I may be talking to, but you want to stand up and give God praise because you got some enemies in your life, but you God is using them as a way of being able to reach some things you've never been able to reach before. You got cause because you've been able to reach.
reach. You got houses because you've been able to reach. You got degrees because you've been able to reach. I don't know what I'm talking to, but I'm thankful because I'm able to reach
I know you didn't know, but chicken manure, it makes good fertilizer. That's where the roses came from. They came from your mess. And they came from your crap. I don't know what made me talk to, but look at somebody to the left or to the right and say, Neighbor, I got something. That's the evil.